Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Daniel Hagen. We're going to go to Ephesians 5.26 at some point. In fact, let's go there now and then I'm going to get you to stand as well. Ephesians 5.26. Once you've got it in your Bible, then stand. Now I get to find out who's got their Bible. (laughs) It's in my heart. All right, you can have your Bible on your phone, of course. It still counts and your iPad. Now, if you don't have a Bible, I want you to stand next to someone that does. If you're new and you don't know Jesus, then you don't have to participate if you're not comfortable with it. But if you know Jesus and you're not new, you have to do it, all right? So find someone now if you can. Stand next to them. I want everyone standing. Why? Because the Word of God needs to be honored. And it's, a, it's body language where it's a sign of honor. It's like a, a standing ovation. For the Word of God. And when we give a standing ovation for the Word of God, we're giving a standing ovation for Jesus Himself. John 1.1. 1, 1. And you'll hear this spoken, preached, echoed, repeated. This is going to be on repeat, this scripture. So important. John 1.1. 1, 1. You're not there at the moment, but I'm just going to read it out. In the beginning. Some of you guys should, should know this off by heart by now. For those that do, let's read it together. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Remember verse 14? And the Word became and dwelt among us. That's proof that the Word is Jesus. So when we honor the Word of God, we honor Jesus. Amen? And so let's read this scripture together out loud in honor of of the precious Word of God. Are you ready? Ephesians 5.26. That He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word. Let's read that one more time. I like that so much. That He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word. All right, you may sit down. That's in the her reference is in Reference the analogy of the church being the bride, that he, Jesus, might wash us by his word. Glory to God. So I'm going to be commencing a series shortly titled Love the Word. And we're going to be hitting it from all different angles over a a long period of time, maybe like a, a month or three weeks. Today's more of an introduction to that series. I'm going to give you a few key points. I'm going to talk to you about some interesting things. And I want to pray for people at the end. I want to pray that there would be such a passion and such a desire to know the Word of God. That this house would be a people that not only love the presence of God, and not only is there an emphasis, and not only are we strong in worship and we love the presence and the presence is a priority you'll you'll find that in our core values and you'll if you hang around long enough you'll see that but 
the Word of God will be valued and honoured in the same regard. The Word of God is, we esteem it very, very, very highly and we love it. And so I pray, I'm going to pray for people at the end so that it's not just something taught, but there would be an impartation. I love the Word of God. I'm passionate about the Word of God. The Word of God literally saved my life. I'm going to talk about that a little bit this morning. But before we do, I'm going to read something from our core values. You can find our core values on our website, and I'm going to pick one particular part out. A core value, I, I picture it like a pillar. So Jesus being the foundation, and the pillars or the core values are what holds up our church, holds up our ministry. You with me? So here it is. We are passionate. Everyone say passionate. It means you're allowed to get excited about the Word of God. So we are passionate about the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the very words of God that lead us into closer, deeper, and experiential relationship with God. You know, I would love to see a culture in this house where, and it's starting, where in the same way, you know, sometimes during worship, there's these spontaneous breakouts of celebration and shouting and, and, and we stand and we raise our hands and, and we celebrate something that's happening in that special moment of worship. Many people have experienced that or have been part of that. I'd love to see a culture in the same way when the Word of God is being taught, when, when God is highlighting something, when He's releasing truth through His Word, that in the same way we'd be passionate the same way we'd celebrate, we'd allow ourselves to be expressive during this moment when we're teaching on the Word of God in the same way that we do when the music's playing. wonder what that would look like. Come on. See, you can be expressive when you're sitting down. You can shout out, you can honor the Word of God at any time. All right, so I want to change that kind of old mindset where, okay, it's the word time now and when's it lunchtime? And, yeah? All right, let's break that. So we're passionate about the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the very words of God that lead us into a closer, deeper, and experiential relationship with God. And that happens when we're full of the Holy Spirit and when we have a passion for the Word of God, not just so that we can be puffed up with more knowledge, but so that it will lead us into a deeper experiential relationship with God. Not a dry relationship, not a legalistic relationship, not a relationship that puffs us up with knowledge, not a relationship that's based on the letter that kills, but the spirit that brings life. Amen? But I want to tell you, the Word of God is not religious. The Word of God is Jesus. And so we need, like, when I was worshiping here, young Josh, where's Josh? Stand up, Josh. Look, he's got the Bible in his hands right now, and during worship, he he just come up here, and he's, he's, how long have you been saved for now, Josh? Ten months. He's been saved for ten months. He's standing here, and he's got the Bible pressed upon his chest. And he's got his eyes closed like this and he's standing here and I'm like, man, I like the way you're holding that Bible. And he goes, mate, I take that everywhere with me. That's the sort of passion 
and the fervency and the hunger that we need to have for the Word of God. You're a great example, bro. Never lose that. Never lose that zeal and that passion. You know, new Christians sometimes help remind us about our first love and the way that we should be towards the things of God and towards the Word of God. Amen? We believe in sound biblical teaching and believe that every Christian should be encouraged to know the Word of God for themselves. Amen? I'm going to keep reading now. For those making notes, you might want to, I'll give you a couple of scriptural references and then we're going to get into the heart of the teaching. The Bible is the living Word of God. Every scripture, everyone say every From Genesis to Revelation, every scripture has been given to us and inspired by God, including both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I want you to mark down 2 Timothy 3.16 and let that be homework in your own time and have a look at the purpose and the reason or part of the purpose and the reason that we have the Word of God. Very important. 2 Timothy 3.16. I'm going to keep moving on though. The Logos, written Word of God, is infallible. Everyone say infallible. In other words, it's absolutely perfect in its original form. It's infallible. And there is nothing more sure than the written Scriptures. You can have the most amazing heavenly encounter. You can hear an audible voice from heaven. But I want to tell you that nothing is more sure than the written Word of God, the Logos, the Rhema, the Scriptures. It's infallible. It's perfect. And I'm not downplaying experience, but every experience must line up with the Word of God to prove that it is the Word of God. Amen? Bring on the rain. Glory to God. I might have to... Get the preach on if it starts raining too loud. You guys all right for a bit of shouting this morning? 2 Timothy 3.16. Have a read of that in your own time. And then have a look at 2 Peter 1.19. The statement that I just made that the Word of God is more sure than anything is based on that Scripture. And you look at that in your own time. 2 Peter 1.19. For a Christian, the Word of God is our supreme, sufficient authority in all matters of faith and conduct. Everyone say, all matters. So in other words, there's a way that seems right to a man, but we don't follow the ways of man. We don't follow humanistic thinking, whether it's popular, unpopular. We don't go by society's version of what morality is. For example, the Word of God endures forever. It does not change. And there's safety in that. It's integral. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And when you believe that, it'll be a lamp unto your feet, a light to your path. It'll give you direction. When you believe that, your answers to prayer will be answered. Sorry, your prayers will be answered. Why? Because you're praying according to God's will. How are you praying according to God's will? Because you know the Word of God and you know that if it's in the Word, then it's sure. And you can pray from a position of faith because you know the Word and you know the promises of God are yes and amen. (laughs) 
The Bible is made up of 66 books, both New and Old Testament. Now, some people try to downplay the Old Testament. Some people try to ignore the Old Testament but, and say, oh, we just follow the, the red letters. We just follow what Jesus said. I want to tell you that every word from Genesis to Revelation is Jesus. Not just the words that he said in his earthly form when he walked the earth amongst us, but he was right there in the beginning. The Holy Spirit was hovering and the Father spoke. The Word of God, which is Jesus, was released. He was right there in the book of Genesis. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He always was, He is, and is to come. Amen? Come on, I love the Word of God. I'm so grateful for the Word of God. 66 books. Jesus, while he was in his earthly form, proved how important the Old Testament was. What do I mean by that? Well, if you do a study about his teaching, he was consistently, on an ongoing basis, quoting Old Testament Scripture, bringing the Old Testament into the New Testament, into his new teaching, if you like. But he wasn't uh, he wasn't saying the Old Testament's passed away. And in fact, not one jot or tittle will pass away. That's what he said. He was bringing the Old Testament into the New Testament. And he was teaching from that position because he memorized the Scripture. The Jewish culture as young boys, they would grow up memorizing the Scripture. And he would reason in the synagogues. And he'd begin to teach this new covenant principles. But he wouldn't neglect or negate or downplay the Old Testament. He'd bring that into the New Testament. So the two are perfectly woven together. It's not two separate things. He come to fulfill the Old Testament. Are you with me? Torah, Torah, Torah. Come on. Glory to God. And you know, in the synagogues, they would get excited and passionate about the When the scroll was rolled out, man, they were hungry. They were passionate. They would stand up. They would celebrate the very words of God, the words that are alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, the discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart, the truth that sets us free. They would celebrate. They would hold to it. They would memorize it because they were in love with it. Amen? The Bible is food for our spirit, man. And should be something that we feast on and fellowship with every day. Everyone say every day. Remember Jesus taught us how to pray. He said, give us this day our daily bread. What's another word for the word of God? What's another way to describe the word of God? The living bread. So he taught us to pray the living bread every day. In other words, God, give us fresh bread. Give us fresh revelation. I want my relationship with you to be fresh and alive. I don't want secondhand bread. I want firsthand bread. I want it just me and you and the Word of God. I want to know you every day. I want to fellowship with you, God, through your words. Amen? And I pray that you catch that right now. Put your hands out and get ready to catch it. I want to throw that at you right now. Every day we'd be hungry for the words. You ready? On the count of three, grab it. Catch it! Glory to God, living bread. Let's feast together. 
something that we feast on and fellowship with every day to ensure a healthy spiritual life. Everyone say healthy spiritual life. And you can find that in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. The Bible is our ultimate life source that leads us into a deep. Everyone say deep. If you want to know God more, man, you don't... Gnostics try to come up with these extra revelations and they think the Bible's not enough and come up with all these other bizarre things. But let me tell you that Gnosticism's not good. A Gnostic is someone that claims to have extra revelation. The Bible is enough. And if you go deep in the Word of God, you'll never be bored. There's always something new. There's always something fresh. It's living and active and it'll change your life. So Matt 4.4, just put that in your notes and study that for homework during the week as well. The Bible is the ultimate life source, like I said, that leads us into a deep and rich relationship with God. If I could have one of the ushers, our brilliant ushers, I'd love a bottle of water if that's okay. Um, that would be awesome. And while we're at it, let's give our ushers a round of applause. Doing a great job, we appreciate it. All right, so... Getting back to the heart of the message now, I'm going to give you a couple of key things. As I said, I want, I want to develop a series titled Love the Word. This is more of an introduction. I want to give you some simple tips, simple but powerful tips. Thank you, bro. Thanks, Flinda. Thanks, Flinda. Simple, powerful tips. And the, the, the amazing thing about the Bible is that sometimes the most simple revelations are the most powerful and the i'm going to talk about the power of the revelation comes when you put it into practice we're going to talk about that a little bit so you can sit here and listen to revelation even have this revelation in your mind but if you're not practicing it or living it out it's actually pointless and you're in a place of deception Remember, he said, don't be here as only deceiving yourselves, but be ye doers. So we're going to talk about that today because we're an active church that likes to do the Word of God, not just on Sunday, but every day. Amen? That's who we are. When you say to the person next to you, that's who we are. Even if it's actually not the way you're living at the moment, it's still who you are. You just don't know it yet, but now you do. Amen? It's who you are as a born-again Christian. So Ephesians 5, 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word of God. Often I've, I've shared my testimony, particularly when I got radically born again and delivered of drug addiction, schizophrenia, bipolar, all of those different medical terms. They're actually demons. I was full of demons. When I got delivered, I often highlight the point in the church meeting where I was in the presence. And we know the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So God was in the room. I wasn't born again, but I stepped into this heavenly realm that was created because of the praises of the saints. So this person that wasn't deserving of even an inch of grace, messed up, and messed up mostly because of my choices. I, don't, I can't really point back to abuse and say, oh, it was because of abuse or because this person did this to me. Honestly, to, it was 
a lot of it was just purely because of my selfishness and I, I got totally messed up, drug addict, in the nightclub scene and I was a very, very selfish person. So I, I didn't deserve even an inch of grace. In fact, to be honest, no one really does. But, you know, grace means unmerited favor. And so this person that didn't merit anything stepped into this realm that was created through the saints that were expressing their heart and worshiping and I got radically delivered and born again in that one moment. But I don't often get a chance to share about the process that took place after that. And so today I want to talk a little bit about the process of what happened after that encounter. As a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with God's love, supernaturally I was given this hunger and this desire to know God. And then someone gave me a Bible, and then I began to read the Bible. Now, this was a miracle for me because I hated reading. Some people are blessed with, uh, they're more studious than others, and, and maybe in your environment you grew up in a, in a home where you were taught to study, which is wonderful, but I rebelled against all that, and I, I just, I found it boring in school. I was more interested in other things. I wasn't illiterate, but I just didn't like reading. The only book I read was The Karate Kid. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't. And then all of a sudden, the next book I read is the Bible. And I was given a King James Version. How many people know the King's, King James Version? It's Maybe not the best version to start with as a new Christian that can't read, the, the only book he's read is. And I mean, I, I would, my mum was a great help in school and she would help me with my homework often or I'd have to do a book review and so I'd read the blurb on the back and uh, make up a review and somehow get away with it just to kind of just, I did enough just to be able to scrape through. But something happened, man, when I, when I got the Bible in my hands. And I didn't, honestly, I didn't understand a lot of what I was reading. But I couldn't put it down. Now, I was so messed up. Like, I just, because my, my life was drug dealing, was in nightclubs. I didn't really have a life. So it was easy for me to lose my life. And when I got born again, I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything to do. So I'm just at home. And I'm just, I couldn't put this book down. And for hours and hours and hours, often eight hours a day consistently for weeks and weeks and weeks, I'm just reading this book, not fully comprehending. Sometimes I begin to comprehend in my mind, but my spirit was getting a hold of this. And I didn't know then, but I know now what was happening was what we just read, that there was a washing that was taking place, that he might sanctify and cleanse her. I'm part of the bride now, part of the her. Cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. So when we read the word of God, what's taking place is that we're being washed. What's taking place is our mind is being renewed. You can have that radical encounter. You can have that radical experience, but there needs to be a renewing of the mind. There needs to be a washing so that we can continue, not just have an encounter, but then fade away. But we go from glory to glory 
to glory and we need to have the roots of our life. It starts with a seed, but it turns into a tree. That's the way it's meant to go. And the roots are to go deep in the Word of God. And if you allow the roots to go deep when the storms come, the storms of life, you're not going to be easily rocked because you're built, you're grounded and founded on the Word of God. Jesus brings another similar analogy and he talks about storms and, and the wise builder is the one that builds their house on the, on the rock. The rock is Jesus. But here's something that sometimes we skip over. He said the wise builder is the one that hears my sayings and does them. It's not just saying, okay, well, I go to church, so therefore I'm built on the rock. Don't fall into that deception. That's why later one of the authors says, don't be a hearer only, deceiving yourself. You can go to church, but still build your life on the sand. And some of you are wondering why you're getting knocked over, why the promises of God, the apparent promises of God aren't coming to pass. Or why your, why your prayers aren't being answered. Often it's because you don't know the word, you don't know what to hold to, you don't know where to pray from. You've got to pray from a position of faith. How do you have faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Hey, that was good. That's way better preaching than what you're uh, giving me back now. Come on. Jesus is King. That's the truth. So that He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word of God. So the Word is the washing. And if we want to go from glory to glory, we want to continue to allow the fire of God to burn away dross and impurity so that we can continue to walk out holiness, continue to walk out righteousness, continue to look like Jesus more and more. We're destined to be conformed into His image. None of us here are there yet. But it's part of our destiny. We are, in a sense, internally, positionally there. We can't get any more holy or righteous, but not there's not one of us that's 100% living that out yet. Like Jesus where he's having 100% healing rate. Everything he did was perfect. He was sinless. But he is the marker. He is the one that we aim for. We are destined to be conformed into, these, into his image. And so to get there, he wants us to know his word and to be built on the word and allow the word to wash us so that we can go to that next level of glory. Amen? So that's the balance of the sonship revelation, but we don't just hang around the sonship revelation without actually doing it and living it out. Amen? Yes, you have to know who you are so that you can live it out. Not just so that you know who you are so you stay who you are. That's deception. Like what Max said, faith without works is dead. Works doesn't give us salvation, but at the same time, the Bible says that we're created we are His workmanship, created unto good works. That's the balance. Amen? A mature church has the balance. Glory to God. All right, so the next thing that I want to point out, the second point today is this. It's the Word produces faith. And we've already touched on it, but I want you to see it for yourself. I want you to go there right now, and it's Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. 
faith is so important. Jesus said, if you have a mustard seed of faith, you can move a mountain. When circumstances don't seem to change, say the name of Jesus. Say the word of God. Declare the word of God. Life and death's in the power of the tongue. If you speak the word, if you hear the word, it produces faith. It changes atmospheres. Even the wind and the waves obey faith in Jesus. Obey the name of Jesus. Obey the word of God. Obey the truth. The truth trumps any circumstance. The truth changes circumstance if you'll believe and hearing the word of God being immersed in the word of God helps you stay in that place of faith despite the circumstances that may surround you are you with me how do I know that Romans 10 17 tells me and that's why I can be assured of it that's why I can stand up here with such confidence and declare it to you people today, to our brothers and sisters, to our fire family, with such confidence and authority, not my own authority, but the authority that's grounded in the Word of God. That's why I can be so sure, because it says it so clearly here. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So not only as this new Christian that's been radically delivered of demons, now stepping into this realm of understanding the word, of reading the word, I'm being washed. But what also is happening, it's multi-layered. It's so wonderful. It's so powerful. What also is happening is that faith is beginning to build in my heart and I'm beginning to believe the promises and then I'm beginning to step out and show that I believe by stepping into the promises of God whatever that may be for you, whatever that is for me, but we have to know the Word of God, amen? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Now, I've got a couple more points for you today, but before I do, I found something so special. I have seen it before, and at the last minute, I really felt a prompting, even though it's not the best quality video, I felt like I wanted to share it, just to kind of wake us up as the Western church a little bit. Because there's been, man, so many people have literally shed their blood so that we can get the Word of God in our hands. In in the English translation, our forefathers, the people that have gone before us, have been so desperate, literally lost their lives so that we can love the Word of God, have the Word of God in our hands. And sometimes in the West, we get seduced and our Bibles, we don't read them anymore. Like we, we don't live like Joshua, where we have that word so close to us. It begins to develop dust on the shelf. We, we rarely read it. We might do a little devotional here and there, but it's not something we're living and breathing and eating on a daily basis. And so I remember watching this and thinking, man, it convicted me so deeply and reminded me of the place that I should be in my heart, that internal place towards the Word of God. So if we can, let's have a look at that now. Traffic advisory, Mike Alpha Delta from Centani to Corpo, now crossing the ridge uh, just above Sela. 
maintaining 1-2000. There'll be a big party when we land. There'll be dancing and singing, and it'll be pretty amazing. Pastor had said, it says in, in the Gospel of John that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And Jesus is that Word, and Jesus is coming, and we need to be there to meet Him. Just blew me out of the water. I thought, Lord, this is how we know that it's you doing something here. just spontaneously I don't think she they had planned for her to say anything but she just said we have taken God's Word we've accepted it we've put it into our hearts and now we're going to give it to you young people who need to also take it and accept it and walk with God as he teaches in this Bible you know so they handed it off to the younger uh, believers and uh, you know, the, the crying and the sobbing that took place there was just, it was something totally unexpected to me because I knew they would be happy. But the emotion that came out was just so overwhelming to me. I thought, we have no idea. You know, we have had the Word of God for so long. We have taken it for granted we've we we have resources we have translations we have you know all these different things and we don't we don't cherish it we don't realize what a precious gift we have and hold in our hands and these guys were realizing that and saying 
God, you've come to us through the word. powerful very convicting uh, there's no special guest you know famous speaker that's coming there's not some well-known band that sells lots of albums coming what there is is the word of God what there is is Jesus himself and them recognizing that the word is Jesus and so we see a procession of worshipers we see a people that are in a place of first love and are sold out and saying we've got the word of God for the first time in our language in our very language we had bits of it but now we have the whole thing and I think about that and then I think about me and I think about us and I see the big party that they put on for the Word of God. I see the standing ovation. I see the tears that are shed. And then I look at my life over the last 14 years, and it's been good, but I, I compare it to that position of first love, and I certainly have gone on and off in comparison to where I should be for the Word of God. But the good news is His mercy is in you every morning, and that He can fan that into flame again for all of us and I mean we're pretty good I know a lot of us and we love the word of God but there's so much more when you look at that and I want to pray for people today I've got a few more points and as I said this is more of an introduction to a series I want to hit it from a from a whole lot of different angles of why the word of God is so important why we love the word of God and I want to hear from some of you guys about how you love the word I know some people here, they, they've got antique Bibles, they collect them. Some of you guys use it as a pillow. Uh, there's all different stories and, and I'd love to hear about that and even capture it, some of it uh, on media and for us to see about how we love the Word of God as a family. But what I want to do right now, if you have left your first love when it comes to the Word of God, and I want to do an altar call right now, and I want to do an impartation if you want to be hungry again for the things of God, rooted and grounded in His truth and His love, I want to invite you to come forward right now. Come up. Let's give him a round of applause. Also, if you don't know Jesus and you want to come up, like you don't know the Word of God, you don't really know much about Him, but you've, you've felt something today. You realize that you're missing the truth. You're missing Jesus. And you want to know Him as your Lord and Savior. Come up. And I want you to specifically talk to one of our ministry team. We're going to lead you to Jesus today. We're going to talk to you about repentance and what that means. And we're going to get you baptized in a couple of weeks as well. Does that sound all right? Come on, Jesus. So I'd love to... All right, glory to God. James one twenty two, but 
Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. That's what we're going to pray today as well. That not only is it going to be, we're going to be passionate about reading it, but we're going to be so passionate that it, we're going to become the word of God. We're going to read it, be passionate about reading it, but then also become it. And it's going to become alive in our life as we begin to do the Word of God, implement the Word of God. We're going to be a people that aren't going to skip over the hard sayings. Or we're going to kind of ignore the bits that we don't understand. But if there is a question mark, we're going to use that as an opportunity to dig deep, to search it out, to ask questions, to bring in a multitude of counselors, to really understand the depths, the full counsel of God's heart. That's what we need in this hour. Because there is such deception out there. And we're in the hour where seducing spirits and doctrines of devils are running rampant and Christians need to know the Word of God. We're going to be passionate about it. God wants us to have a rich, deep relationship with Him. That first love fire for His Word. Again, like these beautiful people in this village where they discovered and they received the Word of God for the first time. So I pray that there will be such a first love fire that would come on you, just like those beautiful people from the tribe, where like for the very first time you'd fall in love with His Word again, and you'd be passionate about it. Can't stop talking about it. Can't put it down. Can't stop reading it. You'd hold it close to your heart, like that brand new Christian, like that first love. And I pray for a supernatural understanding, just like I got when I was born again. Hated books, but yet couldn't put this book down. And all of a sudden, it's now become my life. I pray in the same way it would become your life. It's not a side thing of Christianity. It's not just something that we kind of push to the side and read every now and then, but we love it and we'd esteem it more than anything else because Jesus is King. 1 John 5.14 says, Now this is the confidence, everyone say confidence, that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Some of you guys are going to grow in confidence. You wonder why you're not confident. Or you wonder why there's still fear that seems to be present in your life. The key is knowing God's will. How do we know God's will? Because we know His Word. Because we're in His Word. And it says that faith comes by hearing. Not having heard, but hearing in a plural sense or an ongoing sense. That's how we stay confident. Or we call it Godfidence. Amen. When no matter what situation, no matter what problem arises, what trial, what test, we're confident in God because we know His promises, we know His truth, and we hold fast to His truth. But we can't pray according to His will if we're not in His Word. Amen. And we can't expect to hear answers from God if we're not in His Word. The two go together. 1 John 5.15 And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, how do we know that He hears us? Because we're in His Word. We know His promises. We know His truth. We're living in it on a regular basis. We're not wavering. We're not double-minded. We're not unstable in our ways. Stability comes through the Word of God, through the passion and love for His Word. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked for Him, of Him. In other words, we can be sure that He'll respond. We can be sure that He'll answer. We can be sure that the promise where it says that all things work together for His good for those in Christ. 
can be sure that all His promises are yes and amen because we're praying according to His will. How do we know His will? We're praying from a position of faith. How do we have faith? By hearing, by knowing, by doing the Word of God. Amen. And even above all that, it helps us fall in love with Him. Grow deeper in our relationship with Him. Amen. It helps us understand the full nature of God. Not, we don't want to start forming a God to suit ourselves, But we start to know God and the depths of God's heart for us and all His ways through His Word. Amen. So I'm going to personally pray for people right now, but I just, I want to sing a song first before we do as a family. So I want to invite everyone else, if you haven't come forward, praise God. That, that tells me that you're in a great place with the Word, but I still want to invite you to stand right now. And let's just sing a song together as a family. And then I'm going to go out and just personally lay hands on people. I'm going to pray for an impartation. Don't forget, if you don't know Jesus and you want to be saved and born again, we're going to get you baptized in a couple of weeks. Or if you're not walking right with God and you want to walk right with God, come back into relationship with Him. I want you to speak personally to our ministry team who are waiting over here very patiently. They're going to pray for you and uh, they're going to talk to you about what repentance means and coming out of darkness into His light, becoming a new creature in Him. Amen. So there's still lots of room. If, if you're shy, don't be shy. Come forward. But let's sing that song together first and then we're going to begin to pray. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au.